The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys in the SWBC studio. Got myself, Nicole Hutchison, in the studio. In the stew. In the stew, sorry. And we got Aisha Morris and Christy Scales and Jess Navarez. I'm so, I don't know what happened there. Welcome. I don't know know what happened there. You know what? It's a victory Monday. It's a victory Monday. Sorry. Victory Monday. Feels sweet like this chocolate chip cookie, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> victory cookies. They taste no, yeah. so much better when they win. No, they do. Yeah, facts. They do. They do. Facts. Cowboys get the dub over Washington in Week 18 for the NFC East title. There's, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I was the cookie. They're second in three seasons, um, and now they've clinched the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. Do 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 do. Now it's time to go. Yeah, I'm hyped. Play often. Yeah. yeah, I think everybody's I'm trying hyped. to hold myself together. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you this excited before. I I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and I missed y'all. That too. That it's part. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about this dub, y'all. I mean, uh, Christy, you were there. We'll start with you always. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, this offense clicking, defense getting after it, setting the tone. I mean, you had everything click, and more, uh, other than special teams. But we're gonna, we're gonna. Yeah, well, you, you know, know but, let Brandon Aubrey. Uh, spe- spe- fly. Special teams taketh, but they also giveth. That <laughs> yes. uh, Peyton Hendershot block punt. Oh, yeah. That was oh, a so thing good. of beauty. I mean, yeah. he just played it so perfectly good. and taking it right off of Tressway's foot, the Washington punter. But uh, great Cowboy fan base. Shout out. Usually it's about two-thirds Cowboys fans at FedEx Field, especially the last several years when Washington's been so bad. Y'all, no, no, no exaggeration. Probably since 80% of Cowboy, 80% of the fans yesterday. Since Benchgate? Since Benchgate. Before, <laughs> even before Benchgate. That's right. I like that. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, really, it, it sounded like a Cowboys home game. And we kept... Uh, not only did we continue to see the Dak CD to see Brandon Cook step up and get in the end zone. I really liked the way that Pollard and Dowdle were running the ball. Absolutely. And I liked to see uh, Dowdle involved a little more in the passing game. He ended up with three catches mm-hmm. for 54 yards. And the defense, just um, the way that they were able, as the game went on, to continue to get pressure on Sam Howell. And, of course, that pressure led directly to um, the turnout, you know, one of the interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Lewis stealing the ball away from the runner. Uh, I thought, uh, other than the uneven on special teams, I thought it was just a great way to gain momentum and go into postseason. Yeah, to me, it proved a couple of things. The first being, uh, teams play the Cowboys differently. It doesn't matter where they are in the season, who Mm -hmm. they are, what their record is. They're going to try to throw everything at the Dallas Cowboys, and that's exactly what the Commanders did. The misdirection, it was in the room with us, guys. It was there, and I... I watched a few of Washington's games to kind of just try to find good matchups. 
I'm sorry. They had not done that all season. That was <laughs> insane. Um, but it also showed on the Cowboys side of things that they can adjust. And their adjustments consistently throughout the game is what won them this game. So, uh, Christy, to your point, offense clicked. Everything clicked like it needed to. This was the confidence-building game that you wanted to see, especially with that run game. All eyes were on Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, and uh, – I don't know about y'all, but Tony Pollard looked like Tony Pollard. Yeah, he, he it was all the, all the yards after contact, yep. constantly going forward and doing it with, with, without yeah. your two. Yeah. yeah, without your two guards. Yeah, yeah. Shout mm-hmm. out Brock Hoffman yeah. and T.J. Bass for really okay. stepping in. Yeah, um, in place of Zach Martin and Tyler Smith. But no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aisha. My bad. Oh uh, no, are you No, I was. I thought it was a complete win, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was looking for. Um, this game is for them to number one, just go and take the game and. I thought they, uh, Brian calls it the middle eight, you know, the four minutes before mm-hmm. the half, the four minutes after the half. Cowboys have struggled there, and they also haven't done super well coming out after the half. To see them double dip was yeah. what was, it gave me so much confidence because the urgency, you could feel the urgency mm-hmm. from the offense, and they were moving the ball successfully and things yeah. like that. And then you have the, um, obviously at the block, was it a, yeah, the block field goal? The block yeah. field goal, yeah. Um, but they came out, started fast, yeah. as you ladies talked about last week. But defensively as well, I thought it was just good to see. We've been slowly but surely seeing the other guys get involved in this defense. So you got contributions from Sam Williams, Dante Fowler. Those gentlemen, I think them playing well matters as well. And then uh, Damone Clark, like yes. some of these I think guys. that was his yeah. best game in Absolutely. several weeks, I and, think. And that's what you want at this point in the year. You want to see some of those guys that are rotational pieces because they have those fresh legs. And for mm-hmm. them to be getting confidence as well is going to matter because when you get in the playoffs, you match up teams match up better against you. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna need role players and yeah. those gentlemen to come in and make plays. So for me, I thought it was just a perfect way to end the season. Mm-hmm. The complete opposite of last year, I felt like. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You have for so sure. much more confidence going. But that offense is operating at a very high mm-hmm. level and Mike McCarthy uh deserves a lot of credit yes. for coming out there and putting it putting together a game plan mm-hmm. and to your point not knowing that he wasn't gonna have his right guard yeah. la- until last minute it was I thought it was pretty remarkable to see and this offense playing at that level that you're mm-hmm. talking on kind of goes back to what Jess was saying about making adjustments right yeah Mike McCarthy being so willing yep. to make adjustments uh, throughout the middle of the season or since the bye week really yeah. mm-hmm. um, just getting to know his player personnel uh, you have Dan Quinn making adjustments the last three weeks as far as his run defense is concerned mm-hmm. uh, so I can say like that's pretty much like the story i guess of this season so far did y'all think at from week one that this cowboys team would go 12 and 5 and yes. be the nfc east yes. title champions yes i thought they could okay. for a minute with philly i think after Frauds. like five rods <laughs> what did we say no no about those what did we say <laughs> what did we say it cowboys was broke them. it was fake it was fake uh but no i i will say after philly after like mm-hmm. six games in a season when you start looking at philly you was like all they're right not, we're gonna wait yeah we'll, they're not we'll, all that mm-hmm. we'll wait and see yes they're yeah they're not all that they peaked um, too early yeah absolutely and yeah. so when the door opened up for Dallas, I, I love that Dallas and what that Dallas that Dak said, we just have to run our own race. Mm-hmm. That's actually something my grandma says to me, so it really resonated with me. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Everything didn't go perfect for them at the end of the season. Obviously, the close game in Miami, the Buffalo game, everything didn't line up. The Detroit game, yeah. everything wasn't perfect, but. 
I heard Dak say, you know, that they they learned from that. And to your point, mm-hmm. Nicole, they did some self scouting again at this point in the season. That has been a big deal in yeah. this. And I feel like this coaching staff, them being able to hold themselves accountable, Facts. has helped this team. Because if there's no accountability even for your coaching staff, <laughs> and what does it mean to your locker room if mm-hmm. if, if there's a continuous we're trying to work on things, and I think that, to your point, has really helped this team this year. Yeah, I also wanted to make mention of the cadence, and that's something that we've talked about all season, but you didn't see it on the road. You didn't see this offense mm-hmm. as confident uh, with that cadence that you see at AT&T Stadium. The very clear, here we go, yeah, here we go. Dak looked like he was playing at AT&T yeah. Stadium. Well, it, you it, could hear it, it on was. TV. It was, it was, it was a Cowboys fan. <laughs> but it despite was a that, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of sound and support. But you yeah. finally got to put that narrative to rest that the Cowboys can't win on the road. And yeah. yes, it's the Commanders. They were 4-12 and going in this game. They should have won this game. I get that. Win is a but win. You needed, win is a win. Hello. Uh, but you needed the confidence boost to go mm-hmm. into the playoffs. And what's funny enough is you had to win on the road mm-hmm. to not have to play on the road mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Come on. <laughs> uh, so the Cowboys absolutely did what they needed to. Uh, but the work doesn't stop. All gas. No break. No break. It didn't look like it yesterday. No. Respectfully. <laughs> they. I mean, that's one thing I have noticed about this team that I do like is that when they see – that they can go win the game. And if you look at a lot of the blowouts and stuff at the at, at home, it happened in like two, three minutes where it, it was, okay, offense scores, defense comes in and gets a stop, and then special teams comes through. Mm-hmm. I felt like they, they turned on that switch, and they wanted to – they definitely wanted to get out of that game early, a little earlier, yeah. I felt yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to your point, I felt like – Mike McCarthy, um, again, he put together a really good game plan. Mm-hmm. And he also didn't show too much to me. Yeah, I, didn't right. think, I think a lot right. of what we saw are things that we've, we've seen, seen. Yeah. through the season. Yes. The ball distribution was on point, though. I, I thought about you. Good. Because to I your point, Christy, yeah, that's what, everyone touched the ball. That was yeah. a point of emphasis for yes. McCarthy yeah. coming into this game was okay. ball distribution. Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. good to hear because, I mean, to see Jake Ferguson get going. Brandon Cooks got some burn. Hendershot got some burn. Hendy? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look, I was losing. Losing it. Listen, I was Turpin, losing my mind. Turpin having the play out the backfield, Man. which is a oh. little, little wrinkle. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. Mike. CD got another one out CD, the backfield. CD yeah. was productive. Jalen Tolbert is involved. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the run game was successful as well with, um, with, uh, Rico and Tony, you see Lipke doing some things back there too. Lee blocking. Everybody had a part of it. And I just, confidence is a powerful <laughs> thing, y'all. And I felt like the coach had a, he sought out, like you said, you just said he he sought out to make sure that everyone was going into the, the postseason with some confidence and some comfort and in being involved in this offense specifically. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned a lot of those names like Hendershot and, and yes, the ma'am. like and Jordan Lewis, another takeaway. Yeah. Donovan Wilson continues to come on as he has the last <laughs> several weeks. I'd like to mention somebody that is overlooked but is one of these key role players on the team. I thought one of the best plays the best hustle play yesterday was Chauncey Golston. Talk mm. about him. Chauncey Golston is a defensive lineman. He's tall and lean mm-hmm. and yet he plays a lot of special teams as a blocker. Basically as an offensive lineman, he blocks on field goals and extra points. And so when the field goal block happened yesterday and Washington was returning it, it ended up being a 51-yard uh, return for Washington by a cornerback. 
And yet Chauncey Golston, the defensive lineman, is flying down the field. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean that that should have been a seven points right yeah. there for Washington. And Golston, he had a little bit of an angle, but that was pure speed and yeah. pure hustle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so when it's guys like Golston, when it's guys like Lipke starting to come into uh, his own, mm-hmm. and when it's a guy like Brandon Aubrey and. Mike McCarthy wanting to end the game, even though he's got his backups in there. It's Cooper Rush and five guys along the offensive line that are that are backups. He wanted to make sure that he got in field goal range so that Brandon Aubrey and ended up being a fifty yard field goal. And that was it was windy yeah. yesterday. He I was going to ask you it about the It was weather. windy, Ooh, yeah. and yet he just nailed it straight down the middle. And so everybody feels better moving forward because we were all thinking, "Oh, here we go, Brett yeah. Maher." You know, <laughs> it's really hard but, not to feel that deja vu feeling when it comes to missed kicks right before the playoffs. Yeah. But something that you know, I've been kind of going back and forth with I had to write a story I, I feel like I'm the jinx guys I really do because I just wrote a story about Brandon Aubrey and I was like he's gonna break this record and mm-hmm. sorry I won't do that again um but I think the biggest difference is you know and this is no shade to Brett Maher at all I'm just saying Brandon Aubrey has written his own story he has a professional background he knows how to stay composed even when mm-hmm. things aren't going his way he's a professional athlete through and through even before being the Dallas Cowboys kicker um so to see him not be phased is mm-hmm. was my biggest thing for him was okay get the block field goal see what happens oh there's a miss. Okay, now what is he going to do? And I loved hearing Mike talk about today. Yes. I wanted to make sure he had another yeah. opportunity because that shows you the faith, one, that they have in Brandon Aubrey, and two, that they know he's capable of doing it and he has that mindset of a professional athlete to turn the page. And that's something he talked about earlier this mm-hmm. week is I take each kick for what it is and I wipe away the last one, good or bad. And so to actually see that happen and – I could tell it was windy. As soon as he missed that field goal, it got scene, caught. I looked at I the wind speed. I saw it like yes. the ball kind of gets stuck at that point, and then it, it, it bounced off. Well, yeah. they could, from the start of the game, they couldn't even keep the um, ball on yes. the Yes. yes. Well, like, actually, the start of each half. So it, it blew off twice at the start of the Actually, it's interesting because one of the things we were talking about was uh, all gas, no break. And, you know, the uh, <laughs> past few times that the Cowboys had uh, won the toss and they elected to take the the ball first to get the offense out there and play with a lead and it was so windy yesterday that I remember saying on air in pregame on Dallas Cowboys radio I think if the Cowboys win the toss they're going to defer to the second half mm-hmm. so that you can decide which direction yeah. you're going to go because yeah. you're going to need the win possibly in this oh, game smart. Yep. and so um that's one reason why they deferred um but yep. um yeah, the, it was a big factor, and it's so interesting because one of the things that has happened over the last several years in the NFL is the rules, which to make the game safer, have basically negated kickoff returns, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, yesterday it was so windy that any time they were kicking towards the north, the ball, there was no, it, I'm sorry, t- kicking toward the other way, towards the south, there's no way they were going to. Uh, there's no way it was going to reach the end zone and be a touchback. It was going to have to be a return. And so there ended up being four kickoff returns in the game yesterday, uh, only one by Turpin, Mm -hmm. three by Washington. So Mr. Automatic Touchback, Brandon Aubrey, who set an NFL record for most (laughs) touchbacks this year, even he couldn't get the ball into the uh, end zone in that wind. It was 14 miles an hour at uh, kickoff, and it was gusting up to 29 miles an hour. So it was Mm -hmm. a factor. From your perspective, Christy, 
um, did the operation look good with the kick, or do you do do you what did you? You, think you mean about? with the blocked field goal? No. There was a breakdown with uh, with. Um, I thought it was. It was between. It was no. It was it was Biotish and Steele. Biotish is not the center on the field goals and extra points. Um, of course, that's Trent Sieg, but mm-hmm. um, actually he plays more like guard, so mm-hmm. Biotish does. So he moves over, and he's next to Terrence Steele, and the um, uh, I think it's Pryor, the name of mm-hmm. the uh, Washington player. <laughs> yep, that, Josh. Will. Yeah, Josh Pryor. He um, just came through a gap, mm-hmm. basically. I think it was a miscommunication between the two. One blocked out and the other one didn't. And so it basically just opened the gap. And so we we say Brandon and Aubrey missed the field goal. And technically it goes down as a miss. But that had nothing to do with Brandon Aubrey. That was uh, uh, just allowing the rusher to come free. What about Mm -hmm. the second? I was asking about the second one. The second second one where he hit the upright on the left side was not uh, due to the wind. In fact, I think that was a shorter. That was a 36-yarder. And Aubrey, after the game, said that he basically just kind of wrapped his toe a little Mm. too much around the outside of the ball, Mm. around the outside, and it pulled to the Mm. left and hit off the left upright. So um, no no blaming the wind. End on that one. It's so interesting, like the logistics that go into yeah. kicking the ball. It's it's and the, the yeah. precision it's that goes into it's centimeters. How to kick it. it's, it's a game of insane. centimeters when it comes to yeah. uh, special teams. We talk about a game of inches. Mm, no, yeah. not in special teams. Y'all aren't concerned though about Brandon no. Aubrey. Okay. No, I'm not. No. So we all are agreed with that. Yeah, we're good. And okay. and you know the thing is is like I was saying, it's hard not to get deja vu. And I understand people's kind of reaction yeah. based on what happened last year. I I get it. Right there with you, understand. But you can't just negate what Brandon Aubrey has done this season and his story and just everything he has done since July in training camp to be the kicker he has become now. You can't just forget that. And he's been consistent. And honestly, look, get the miss out of the way in that game. I don't want to see it in the playoffs. Get it out of the way. Yeah. That's something that I'm sure uh, special teams is going to tighten up if it's up to Bones Fossil to make Absolutely. sure that does not happen again. Get it out of the way, and I don't want to see it the rest of playoffs. Well, the best part is that there shouldn't be any inclement weather in <laughs> yeah. Easy Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it really Love is. It. And also with the passing game and being able to yeah. play fast. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, we really lucked out with the weather yesterday because when we landed, actually we fly in and out of Baltimore uh, instead of rain, Washington, right? D.C. But, of course, Baltimore was hosting Pittsburgh on Saturday afternoon. And those ugly. of you who watched the game saw how ugly <laughs> it was in terms of the weather. It just rained consistently through that whole game and that's what we landed in and it was that way all uh night but um i i'll just take credit for clean living that we had uh, really nice conditions um it, it windy but no precipitation and it was in the 40s so really um for that time of year we we've been lucky the whole season really yeah we're gonna take our first break and talk offense coming up after this first break of the show you're watching girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we'll be right back we know that juicy cheesy grilled to perfection burger sounds amazing but it does sound like something is missing pepsi baby the yin to this burger's yang burgers and pepsi go together like Well, like burgers and Pepsi, this perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. 
That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. is the Dallas Cowboys nominee for the 2023 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide. Help Tank raise funds for Dak Prescott's Faith Fight Finish Foundation by casting your vote on NFL.com slash Man of the Year or tweet your support using hashtag WPMOY challenge. Voting ends on January 8th, so go vote for Tank. It ends today. Go vote for Tank right now. Not if you're driving. If you're doing anything else, <laughs> go vote for Tank right now. I better see it on Twitter Go vote for him. Yeah. Deserves to win. Please. Should they like DM you and tell you that they voted? Yes, please. Okay. Please. Cool. DM me. Let me know. <laughs> send screenshots. Send proof. Go vote right now. I want to see it. My DMs better be blowing up right now. What's going to happen, though, if they like what they don't send you proof? I'll know. You're going to know. She's going to send tank. Period. Yeah. Oh, he we went, don't want them he's problems. Been, he's been retweeting and stuff. He, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll... I'll I'll do something about he's it. It's a well-deserved, fantastic. yeah, well-deserved nomination. Sure. He's yes. playing so well. Oh, he's amazing. Y'all. Vintage Tank. He's Go unfair. vote for Tank. <laughs> he's unfair. You know who played unfair yesterday? Here we go. Four. The Dallas Cowboys offense. Well, yeah, yeah, they they were they a little disrespectful. Um, but no, they scored on almost every drive. Well, including of course Brandon Aubrey. But um, just talk about. You know how we typically say they left plays off the field. I feel like they didn't yesterday. Um, I mean, you look at the touchdown drives. You had Jalen Tolbert, the first one. Um, Tony Pollard, their second touchdown of the game. CeeDee Lamb with two of the day. Brandon Cooks, of course, cooking. Love to see that. Uh, just talk about the way they... <laughs> She's there. <started. laughs> Freaking Jess, man. But, no, I mean, the, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit about the way that this offense is... Sorry, playing so well um but this run game you know they kind of struggled the last two three weeks um not able to rush over or under 100 yards over 100 yards um but now you see tony pollard kind of peaking at the right moments um credit to obviously the line uh just talk about those guys tj bass and brock hoffman the way that they stepped up yeah. yesterday yeah well uh the team thought that zach martin was going to be mm-hmm. available until <laughs> just over an hour and a half before kickoff. Mm-hmm. You have to turn in your list of inactives 90 minutes before kickoff. So, um, and two and a half hours before the game, I was told that they thought Zach was still going to play. But um, he, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are the first two players out on the field pre pre warmups. So mm-hmm. when they're out there in just shorts and t-shirts and just doing some stretching and things like that and they're always out there first. And Tyron was out there but Zach was not. Zach actually never came out on the field. He spent the entire afternoon in the locker room basically oh. laying on the, you know, oh, just trying man. to he he was really really sick. Uh-oh. And so um Brock Hoffman of course is the Cowboys backup center, but the good news is that last week um, because they knew that Tyler Smith was not going to play with the pan- 
plantar fasciitis in his left foot. T.J. Bass, who normally gets the reps for Zach Martin at right guard, um, T.J. had been working at left guard because they knew yeah. he'd have to play for Tyler Smith. So that left a hole at right guard. So it would be Chuma Adoga, right? Wrong. <laughs> Chuma Adoga doesn't practice much because he's battling a sore toe. Mm-hmm. And so um, Brock Hoffman took Zach Martin's reps at right guard last week. Oh, that's good Because we know that Zach Martin, like uh, Tyron Smith and D-Law and Gilmore, they don't really practice. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, out there, they but they, they don't do their days. reps. on Their veteran rest day is Wednesday, and they don't even <coughs> take all the reps on Thursday, to be mm-hmm. honest. So Brock Hoffman would normally get the reps at backup center, but he worked nearly exclusively at right guard last week in practice. And that was fortuitous because uh, who would have known that Zach Martin would have gotten yeah. sick overnight Sunday uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning yeah. so it worked out very well but still to have two of both of your starting guards replaced so basically 40% of your starting offensive line and by the way Tyler Biotis your starting center missed some practice time last week due to illness so I thought those guys really really stepped up did they catch a break that all pro Jonathan Allen was out of the game uh, due to injury uh, and basically most of the secondary mm-hmm. for the, you know, yeah. and missing linebackers and Jameen Davis and guys like that on IR. But even though they were going against a depleted uh, Washington defense, I just thought that, that uh, they, they held up well in the middle. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting to – see the concept of veteran rest days and how they obviously help your veterans and we've talked about this i've talked to tj bass about this but how it also helps these younger players grow and develop Mm -hmm. within the season as well because they don't always get those game time reps they don't always get those live game reps so what they do is they plug and play really during those veteran rest Mm -hmm. days to be able to feel comfortable in the line and so when things do happen they have to step in uh, TJ Bass specifically when I was talking to him about it said he feels comfortable if it's on mm. the spot on the fly he feels good because he's done it before in practice and uh, it's on a consistent basis because these veteran rest days happen so often so um, it's it's weird how that worked out this week well there's only so one, weird there's only one thing I was surprised about with the game uh, let's just say that Brock Hoffman <laughs> Is very chippy. chippy. Yep. Yeah. And, and oh, so is so so is Tyler Biotish. Yeah. And I, Biotish I, I, I was crazy. telling Brad and Babe during the, during he the is. breaks. I'm like I'm like we're we're gonna have a fight. We're gonna have a fight before this uh, <laughs> game's over. We're gonna have a fight. We're gonna have a fight. We didn't have one. Or not even a penalty. But uh, anyway, they they don't uh, take uh, gruff off of anybody. But yeah, you need I that mean, from your offensive line though. Yeah, absolutely. Biotish is nuts. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. You go talk to him in the locker room. He's so nice, so chill, so calm. Yeah, and then you see him on the field, and I'm like, "Are you good?" Like, yeah, surprised. Yeah, but, but Hoffman's, <laughs> no, no, no. Hoffman's even more They're chippy. The same, He's the yeah. one that wears the eye black, all this the way. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, looks like a pro wrestler. You know, like with the. <laughs> I, I like him very much. Also, and I take he play, your I was happy C. to see him uh, get those reps and play well. Take your vitamin C. There's something going around. You <laughs> said that's why we gonna we gonna scoot over here from. Yeah, Jess. sorry. I'm just playing. Y'all said y'all was surprised by Hoff. That surprised you. Y'all remember training camp? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like what happened? Uh, nothing. He just scuffles. don't take no crap. Him and Tyler mm. Biotis are rowdy. No, no. I'm not surprised that he was chippy. I'm surprised that there was no fight or flag. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what surprised that's, me. Yeah, yeah. That's because I, I thought for sure the there would be a, a flag even with or a Micah, fight. Even with Micah in what was the old dude's name, the, the offensive lineman, there was, and I understood Micah's response because the play a couple plays before, dude literally oh. just tossed him. Yeah, and he's just like. Are you not 
seeing what I'm going through right Honestly, now. Honestly, help yeah. me. Help me. Help me. Take a shot every um, time Micah Parsons is not get a holding penalty. It's be honestly, a real fun game. They're for you not to gonna watch. call it. And no. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm just at a point mm. to where it's it was. Just, in, it, we can't. We gotta let it go. I can't. Um, I can't be like Elsa and let it go. Uh, I cannot. Oh my god. But I, I wanted to it. comment on oh, the on the run gosh, game. Just walked right into that <laughs> Disney oh, Jesus. pun. What's okay. happening? Let it go. Let it go, let like it Elsa. Go. All right, no. never mind. All right. Move on. Well, let it go. Let it go. Yeah, let, literally, let it go. <laughs> yeah, in regards Can't to the run game, anymore. I thought they got back to doing things that um, they had done before. And also, too, to your point, I thought they did this interior really moved guys off the ball mm-hmm. well. But I liked, and I'm glad they did, they used the running backs in the receiving game, mm-hmm. which really You've been waiting for that absolutely, been which itching for that girl. opens up your offense. It yeah. opens up your intermediate and um, and shallow offense a lot, just because I mean, number one, we know what defense was playing, we got it. But at the same time, still, yeah. I thought schematically, to your point, I thought you you mentioned Rico getting some passes as well. I thought it was dope that Michael Carkley's like. Well, it didn't work that time. Let's try it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it again. It you looked like run it back. you play smarter, not yeah. harder. And that was it was a smart play. But to your point, I thought that the offensive line, mm-hmm. they got a lot of push. They did. In that game. I mean, they, they were did. really moving uh, Washington's defensive line out the way. But when they had to get out in space, we saw some of the yes. athleticism from this offensive line. Yeah. And I'm just going to finish with this in regard to the run game. Shout out to Terrence Steele. For coming back from injury mm. and playing, yes. he's definitely been on an upward tick towards the latter part of the season, getting farther away from that injury. But also, you mentioned plenty of time, Christy. He's the only offensive lineman on this line this that has him. not missed a game yep. and not missed a snap. Until the f- end of the fourth Until quarter. The end of the at fourth fi- quarter. 5.15 to go <laughs> in the fourth quarter. That don't and count, they send Christy. out. Count. And so Matt Willetsko, who, hey, kudos to him working back from the shoulder injury, well, finally go. got off IR. Get in and there. And so the, they put him at uh, right tackle. So, uh, so Terrence is going to finish with 99% um, of snaps, you know, on, on offense. Yeah. Uh, the most of any yeah. uh, player on the team, uh, regardless of position. Gilmore actually is going to finish first with the most snaps on defense in the regular season. But, yeah, Terrence Steele did come off that serious injury. And, um, yeah, you're right. I'm, thank you for mentioning him because he deserves all the kudos. Yeah, this offensive line, though, certainly deserves some kudos. Just a little stats. I mean, everybody should know this, but Dak Prescott was not sacked, of mm. course, mm. Um, and he was only pressured on 6 of 36 of his dropbacks. That's 16.7%, his fourth lowest in a game since 2018. Yeah, nice. and was it, it was the pass to Tolbert where he had all that time and reset, mm. and that was what, like... <laughs> Three and a half or four and a half seconds. What was the one? Even no. the one? No, the Cooks. one with CD. The okay. No, the one with CD. CD. You're right. It was CD. He was just bouncing. Right. D- the one on the right side? D- directed, yeah, directed was, CD oh, back okay. over there. That's yes. right. He, it was he, the CD He one. directed CD. Oh, the, mm-hmm. the misdirection? Yeah. Well, no, just kind of pointed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, just all the time. He bought some of it, but certainly the offensive line did more than its fair share on that one. That was really excellent. All right, well, we're going to take our second break of the show. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. 
It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Dallas Cowboys return home to take on the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round of the 2023 playoffs. Get to, or I'm sorry, get ready to white out AT&T Stadium on Sunday, January 14th at 3.30 p.m. on Fox. It's time to seize everything. For playoff updates, visit DallasCowboys.com slash playoffs. Carpe Omnia, did, everybody. Did, did you say seize everything? I said seize everything. Yeah, because just kind of, kind of be. I'm just talking with some friends in Dallas Cowboys merchandising, and just kind of be on the lookout oh. as the week goes along. If you want to seize everything oh. for these playoffs, mm. just kind of keep an eye open. Probably not today, but as the week stuff. goes on. Huh. Yeah, shout out to the media team because that the hype video. That was, yeah. that was good. That was really good. That was dope. Yeah. 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 Also, outside of the star, I tweeted this. There's yeah. new Seize Everything Carpe Omnia banners. That's dope. Um, so when you walk outside, usually there's banners mm-hmm. of just all the players and everything. And it's I was along walking the light, in. light posts. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. on the light, po- light post. I was walking in. I was like, what looks different? And then they have new Carpe Omnia Seize Everything uh, posters on the light post. So for, if you're yeah. here. For playoffs. Come mm-hmm. walk along mm-hmm. the star. Come see them. And go see Jimmy Johnson's star. Yeah. That, they got that done last week. Yeah. So there's a star walk star with all of the uh, restaurants and retail uh, <laughs> around uh, the, star, the, star. the star in Frisco. So instead of statues of the players, any any of the gentlemen that are in the Ring of Honor, they are uh, along the star walk. And instead of a statue of the player, they'll have like the number. So there's like an 88 for Irvin and 88 for uh, Drew Pearson. There's a fedora hat mm-hmm. for Tom Landry. And then for uh, Coach Johnson, just like for Tech Shram, there's a, a blue star. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of furthest down. It's just past Tricky Fish over on the corner. And by the way, if you're ever walking around, uh, there are the 88 for Drew Pearson and the number 12 for Roger Staubach are strategically placed 50 yards apart from each other. Why? That. Why are the 12 and the 88 along the Star Walk honoring Ring of Honor members exactly 50 yards apart, Roger to Drew? I'm trying to think where their uh, placements are even. Because that yeah. is the distance of the Hail Mary Pass. Ah, and so those those okay. two, uh, those are the only two along the Star Walk where yeah, they have their hands so and feet here. in the cement, kind of like uh, out in Hollywood, you know, along the yeah. Uh, yeah. theater. And so, uh, anyway, and, and the feet, it's not just like saying Roger's feet are kind of angled, you know, like when he's throwing a pass yeah, yeah, and yeah. that. So, anyway, so when you come to the Star in Frisco, be sure to look for that. There you go. Do y'all know who wants to seize everything? Oh no. Harry Potter? <laughs> You're giving a British accent. Harry I'm just Potter. trying to Oliver Twist. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking more Bridgerton, but <laughs> <laughs> Bridgerton. <laughs> now oh, we know where man. your mind goes. It's Leviosa. <laughs> Not Leviosa. But no, um Dak Prescott in in one of the press press game um post game Lord 
Jesus, I can't even talk. Post game interviews. I think you pointed that out. Um, maybe someone else pointed it out. I can't remember. Uh, but they just told me how he was talking to Aaron Andrews and he had. Didn't oh yeah, have the, I tweeted about that. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have the hat on, um, the it's a lock hat on or any gear because he's like, I, I want more. Um, and he's not satisfied with just the NFC East title and uh, just with the way he's playing, you can see it. Thirty-one of thirty-six passes for two hundred seventy-nine yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and it came off of a little tip ball. Well, I guess we'll guess credit that. But he did say at the beginning of the season he was not going to have um, ten interceptions. Said I'll lessen them. That's what he for sure said it. He for sure said that. I'll lessen. Uh, yeah. So to go from yeah, a, a year that. ago being <laughs> the NFL's <laughs> leader in interceptions to now the NFL's leader in touchdown passes. Uh, how how good has has it been for you all just seeing the growth of Dak Prescott the past couple of months or really this whole season? I think I talked about it uh, mm-hmm. a few months uh, about maybe a month ago. Yeah, that I just thought the quarterbacks quarterback wasn't getting enough enough shine of like his development in totality from the time he came in the league to what he is now. We talk about this league, we talk about the draft, and you want programs that can develop guys and stuff. He took his own initiative, but he also loves being coached, and he said that multiple times. And I really think that this this is a real duo with Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy yeah. and Dak Prescott. You can't talk about the quarterback and then not talk about the That's play true. caller who has come in, asked for the quarterback's input. It's a very open door. And they've been working well together. And so for me, I think I want to give Mike McCarthy some credit too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Speak it. he hasn't even done this in a minute. He hasn't been an OC in a minute. Mm-hmm. And so for him to, or I mean, he hasn't <laughs> called plays in a minute. So for him to come in, this is a new year for him to kind of, because he also too, schematically, some of the things he was doing at the beginning of the season, he threw it out the door mm-hmm. to adjust, like you were talking yeah. about, and to also to implementing the motion more, being able to have duality with your running backs and also to getting the rest of the guys involved. It takes it takes patience, but it also takes an understanding play caller, and I really feel like he's put these guys in the best situation he can, and also, to you're getting the best out of some mm-hmm. of these players as well. So quarterback, quarterback and the OC or the play caller are and the play caller are you can tell they're they're what simpatico simpatico Simpatico. you can Mm -hmm. tell that they really get each other and I think that's half the battle I I do think going into the playoffs is going to help them out yeah I Mike talked about that today Mm -hmm. um and after Dak's post-game presser yesterday he -hmm. gave a lot of credit to Mike and uh he just said his appreciation for Mike and look uh that hit the heart but it's awesome to see it's awesome to see because we were sitting here last year worried about how the offense was going to look going into the playoffs let's be honest with it there was a lot of miscommunications miscues misfires that kind of led into the narrative that unfortunately Dak Prescott took the brunt of you're not worried about those things anymore in fact what you've seen is a progression of this offense that's gotten better They've had some lows, and guess what they did? They rebuilt off of them. They adjusted. They talked about it. They communicated constantly to get better. You're not seeing the same offense, and that's a good thing. Um, but also, Mike also, Mike makes a connection with Dak, yes, on the football field, about the play calling. They have these Thursday meetings. But he said today that those Thursday meetings aren't just mm-hmm. about football. They're about life as well. Yep. And he makes it a uh, priority to connect with his quarterback outside of the game. 
Mike is such a player first coach. And I, I think that aspect of his coaching is so underappreciated. He takes the time to get to know his players, their why. He allows them to sleep in their beds uh, when they have home field advantage that, that week. To your point, Mike McCarthy has absolutely changed this offense for the better. This is only the start of it. And when you're winning 12 games for three seasons straight since the first for the first time since the 90s, you're doing something right. Yeah. You're doing it right in all the right ways. Yeah, and in a season where there have been so many injuries to quarterbacks, <coughs> the fact that he's yes. stayed healthy, but the way that he's grown, his accuracy, talk his decision-making. And then I'd also like to talk about player personnel department because mm -hmm. the addition of Brandon Cooks was key. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Jake Ferguson taking that second-year leap. Linda. Mm -hmm. Linda Wells, <laughs> give, Linda the, some love. give Linda Wells, tight ends coach, give Robert Prince, mm -hmm. the wide receivers coach credit, Jalen yeah. Tolbert taking a, sec, taking a big leap mm -hmm. uh, as well. And we've seen him even more, you know, as the season yeah. has, has gone on. So and credit to the offensive line be, and and the running backs, because mm -hmm. the protection was yeah. a big change for the running backs this year. And so the, the fact that they have not only kept Dak upright, that he started all yeah. of the games and that's unusual these past few years in the NFL um, but to have time to you know go through his progressions and be able to make the correct decision and deliver the ball accurately and the reason why I mention accuracy first is that Troy Aikman he'll say that you know when he's looking at quarterbacks when you're evaluating quarterbacks <coughs> at this level the number one thing is accuracy so that's why mm. I that's why I mentioned that first. Would you all rate Dak Prescott as one of the most one of the most elite quarterbacks in Cowboys franchise history so Absolutely. far? Absolutely, he's, absolutely. He's the numbers, a lot of people. Yeah, the numbers the numbers yeah. Yeah. bear it out. Yeah. Now, if you go by numbers, then you'd say Tony Romo is greater than Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Now. I'm sorry. Uh, and with this franchise, it's it's all measured in Super Bowl championships mm -hmm. yes. and success in the playoffs. And it's great. I love Dak Prescott as a human. I love him as a player. I love him as a leader. But until he has playoff success, and yeah. he knows this better than anybody else, yeah. he will be unfairly measured. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, against Aikman and Staubach yeah. until he gets a Super Bowl himself. I also think if he's the one that ends the 30-year dry spell, oh my gosh, yeah. he yeah. also takes a step up in, in becoming that kind of quarterback. Yeah. Um, but even then, that's not enough. And he knows that. He'll say yeah. that. He doesn't want to just get to the NFC Championship. He wants yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and what I really like about this matchup this week is, Yes, it's the Packers. There's history with not only the Cowboys and recent playoff history, mm -hmm. but Mike McCarthy and, and his past. What I really like about that is none of that matters to this team. Yeah. Mike keeps talking about, I'm not feeding into that narrative. Been there, done that. I learned lessons from that. I'm not doing that again. Mm -hmm. And we saw it happen last year. It was very overly emotional uh, from everybody wanting to get this win for Mike, get this win for Mike, Mike going back to prove a point. They're not doing that this year. In yeah. fact, I really love their approach of like, hey, it could be anybody, and we're still going to go in there, and we're going to do our job. We're going to study. It does not matter who it is. And you can feel just such a different laser focus, even in Mike's answers already, from the oh, yeah. last time that they played Green For Bay. Sure. Oh, you yeah. can feel the difference. Mm -hmm. So I like the emotional approach that they're taking going into this week. The yeah. good part, one thing that I will say um, about Dak, and if you listen to him, he doesn't say Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. He won't even yeah. say it. Yeah. He's like, we have other things or mm-hmm. I have something else bigger in mind or he'll use, <coughs> you know, more. that yeah. end. He was like, or that he'll use like, you know, or that that game or something like that. And I've noticed that all through the season It's like, I don't know if he's stitious or anything, but he just is like he has not said Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, that just stood out to me. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready to. I mean, we that whole defense. <laughs> like. Yeah. Y'all not gonna talk about us? <laughs> no, we was gonna talk about it tomorrow. Oh, baby. I just, you know, had to break it up. And... Well, I guess we have. Because we still have how many days? Three. Cool. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. We have a long week. Well, also, too. I know we, we had a about... short week last week. We're back in our regularly <laughs> yeah. scheduled programming. The uh, the, the the run game. The, the run game getting its life together is helpful in this mm-hmm. matchup coming up, y'all. Oh, yeah. Facts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to talk about. We have lots to talk about. Lots to talk Oh, no. You going Bridgerton again, <laughs> or Harry Potter, or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. You mentioned you going to come out with a wand. Uh, you mentioned Chauncey on um, punk coverage or return coverage, and uh, I thought that I'm special teams. Tomorrow. I thought that special. I thought that special teams um, responded better uh, this week as far as punk coverage yeah, and that, getting down yeah. and tackle, yeah. tackling Agreed. and putting them in. Uh, situations where they had to go the length of the field this week too yeah and that win it was a trick i knew that with the the wind gusting the way that it it did that it was going to be adventurous and special teams yesterday Mm. didn't anticipate a blocked punt (laughs) or a blocked field goal but um yeah the weather was a definitely a factor on the kickoffs for sure all right well the dallas cowboys are in the playoffs as the number two seed we'll talk defense tomorrow that's a wrap for today's episode of girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we'll see y'all tuesday this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys yeah!